welcome to Valley of the Sunset, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 Chronicle set in Phoenix, Arizona. Tonight we're going to start with Jeffy uh, in the same circumstances we left you in our last episode. You were creeping into your mother's trailer just before dawn when someone was waiting up for you, Ron, with the gun that you planted in his truck earlier. And before you could even speak, he shot you. Uh, I need you to roll me your dexterity plus your athletics. Uh, this is going to be at a minus one penalty because you truly did not see this coming. This is by surprise. Not only did I not see this coming, but he full-on bamboozled me with moving his truck away from the driveway. You walked into a trap. Um, and I'm definitely not going to rouse the blood because I was caught by surprise. I'm looking at two successes with a bestial on the table, which is just so beautiful. So you were fully caught by surprise, Jeffy. Yeah. And the bullet hits you, passes right into your skull, lodging itself in your brain. Now you're a vampire that doesn't kill you. Uh, the head isn't destroyed, but you are going to take, after accounting for the half damage, uh, you're going to take four superficial wounds from that. Four. Man, I still had um, carryover from our battle at the Bella Muerte. So one, two, that puts me at two aggravated. All right, so you're at two aggravated wounds. You were not. full health track. Yes, on a full health track. So you are impaired. Uh, so any rolls that you make are at a minus two right now. Uh, and you are knocked to the floor of the trailer by the force of the gunshot, uh, hitting you right in the face, essentially. Uh, and as you are laying there looking up at Ron holding the smoking gun, you hear a bellow of rage from the darkness of the living room behind Ron, and you see Mama spring into view with a kitchen knife as she plunges into Ron's chest. Blood begins spurting everywhere. Uh, where? What is your hunger currently? You're at two hunger? All right. So, so... You're not very hungry. Uh, you're not threatened with frenzy in this moment. Uh, but the trailer floor becomes soaked with Ron's blood. She pulls the knife out of his chest and plunges it into his throat. And after a few moments of weak struggle, Ron's limp corpse falls to the floor of the trailer. And so like, I'm on the floor with half my head blown out just like looking at this. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like half blown out, but it's there is like a bullet in your brain currently. Just a like a hole in my head. The mm -hmm. caliber yeah, wasn't enough like to hole. like blow out the back of my skull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Jeffy's gonna get to his feet and just be like, oh what the fuck? Mama, you okay? Oh, oh, come here, come here, come here, come here. And he's going to like gather her into a nice embrace. And he's just going to go, give me the knife. Give me the knife. Give me the knife. Um, as soon as you stand up, she drops the knife to the floor. 
He got you, boy. I saw him get you. Yeah, I know, but also you didn't see anything. You're going to uh, use your powers of dominate? If I can. And what is the specific power you're using? Uh, so I have cloud memory, which hopefully the sort of like time frame of this scene is enough mm-hmm. that I can just wipe it out. I'm going to take the gun in my, or well, my intention is to take the knife in my own hand as if I did it and make her oh, okay. yeah. doing it at all. Uh, she is an unprepared mortal, so there's no roll required and it's a free power. So there's no rouse check. Uh, so as Mama is standing over Ron's corpse holding the knife, you walk over to her and command her to forget. Her eyes glaze over. She gently kind of hands the knife to you as you as you reach for it. And she takes a step back, still looking in a daze. This This kind of leaves her in a daze state for a few moments. Mm-hmm. You can kind of... Um, set the scene as you need to so she doesn't form any um, new memories that you would then have yeah. to wipe. So what I'd, what I'd like to do is, if I can, I mean, I'll, I'll get hungry if I have to two to three. I don't know if that's going to have consequences if I fail. But um, I'd like to just heal the wound in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to roll for that. I rolled an eight, so I don't get hungrier. That mends up. Um, now is... you have aggravated damage, is that right? I do. I'm like, I'm all shot up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't do anything about that right now other than do I have enough time to change clothes? So most of that damage is under different clothes. I would say yes. Yeah. I would say you, you have probably like five minutes of, of erasure and three to five minutes of her being in kind of a day state where new memories won't be formed. So the scene that I'd like to set up is that Ron did get the drop on me, didn't shoot me. I grabbed a knife in self-defense and murked him. And then when mama comes out of her trance, I want her to see me with the bloody knife standing over his dead body, basically. Now it is just before dawn. So you might not have, you you might be racing the sun. That's what I'm saying. And Jeffy, as you are in your room, quickly changing your clothes, you feel that lethargy start to pull at you. Do you want to risk it and and use willpower to try and stay awake? What's the sunlight situation in the trailer? Not great. Not great. You haven't really prepped um, to, to not be too suspicious to Mama. You haven't really prepped the rest of the trailer for day sleeping. I don't, I don't, I don't have the health tracker to risk it. So no. So you change your clothes nearing the end of that. You realize you're out of time. And so you slink into your little trap door in your room. Yep. All right. Just like, and as, as he's climbing in, he's just like, oh, hell, oh, mama. And then he just like dies for the day. All right, very good. So we'll check in with Jeffy in the evening. And everyone else went to their respective havens for the night, uh, or for the day sleep, rather. And so we'll pick up the next evening. So everyone make a rouse check to awaken. 
still not hungrier, which I feel is lucky because I would like to try to take one of these aggravated wounds away. All right, so go ahead and roll for that, Jeffy, as your uh, awakening to represent the aggravated wound mending itself over the course of your day's sleep. So one success and two failures. I'm going to awake at four hunger. All right, so you awaken very hungry, Jeffy. But one aggravated down. So you would find, I think, the uh, the bullet has like pushed itself fully out of your brain. Eloise gets hungrier. And Melinda, what is your hunger? Just one. Yeah, just one. And Shep. Just one up to two. Okay. So Shep, you awaken first in the evening, a little before the sunset. You left a message for your sire. Um, I'm going to obviously wait until the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. And if I recall the where things were left as far as the um, hotel situation, we're just kind of in a wait and see mode at the moment. Yeah, was- Eloise has a meeting with, uh, with the sheriff uh, this evening to kind of right. uh, explain things and uh, hopefully avoid too much trouble for... Uh, what's happened so whether or not uh, Shep feels he's needed for that I think it's up to you Uh, I think it certainly wouldn't hurt to be around but I don't think it's necessary that I get there right at the fall of the sun so um, I'm going to hang out in the cave for about half an hour after sundown Um, and if Alma doesn't show up, then I'm going to head over to uh, Siobhan's cave. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, any sign of Alma in the early hours? So as you are kind of gathering your things to, to climb up and uh, leave for the evening, you hear the flutter of great wings coming through the top opening of, of your personal cave. And turning on your, assuming you turn on your see in the dark side, if it's not already mm-hmm. on, uh, you see the form of a great falcon. She lands on a rock and turn, transforms back into your sire, Alma. Good evening, my child. I am. You wish to speak with me? Yeah. Um... Pack'em running wish might have gotten themselves in a little situation. Um, I was hoping you might be able to shed, shed some light on some of it. What trouble do you find yourselves in? You've been around a while. Do you remember previous prince? She thinks for a long moment. I do recall some time ago a rather 
dull man running this part of the desert. I don't know if Phoenix could even be called a proper city back then. Hmm. Well, he's back. And this is trouble. Well, um, I caught the tail end of a conversation that makes it seem like he's out for the current prince's blood. That does seem to be a messy situation, Shepard. Hmm. I've always found Camarilla politics to be distasteful. Yeah, well, kind of hard to be avoided here. Well, there. But, yeah, um... You don't know anything else about... Him. Nothing specific. Um, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I've never really ran much with the political scene. Always preferred my own company in the company of my child. Or well. It's looking like my crew and I will have to choose a side soon. But until then, I guess. A word of advice, Shepard. Don't mm -hmm. stick your neck out too far for them. Don't intend to, if I can avoid it. If you need me, I'll be around. And without another word, she transforms back into her falcon form and on great wings ascends back through the opening of the cave. Hmm. All right. Um... Then didn't get to tell her about uh, the Siobhan thing, so I'll head over to Siobhan. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you head into uh, the cave. I'm I'm leaving the body in the suitcase in my cave. Okay. Not bringing it with me. Mm -hmm. Um. You trek through down into the forest. And you find Siobhan meditating under the apple tree. She opens her eyes as you approach. Good evening. To what do I owe the pleasure? Bring word of some development in the city. Um... Apparently, the previous prince of that domain has returned. Things could get messy. 
Well, I don't think things should get too messy for me out here. Do you? Uh, would hope not, but just fair warning. And if you need another corpse, I have one. I do have a rather abundant supply of my own, but the Dark Mother appreciates your recent devotions, Shepard. So, is that a yes, or should I find something else to do with it? The Dark Mother appreciates all offerings. Alright, I'll try and bring it by before sunup. Is there anything else you needed this evening, Shepard? Yeah. Unless you know anything about this old prince of Phoenix. I'm afraid I wouldn't be much help there. Yeah, figured. Well, I've got to go f sort it out then. Well, I wish you luck in that. It sounds complicated. Yeah. And with that, I will head out and make my way to the hotel, which will probably take a... Takes you some time. Hours. Yeah. Takes you a little, little bit of time. All right. Melinda. You went home last night, so you were in your own haven. When you awaken, uh, you have a little bit of a mission that you're on, perhaps. You have to uh, lure Rochelle's um, relative, a fellow Giovanni, into a trap uh, for a ghost. Easy, right? <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. And in the meantime, your coterie has a little bit of business, too, uh, in that Jeffy seems to have released the previous prince. Uh, who, as it turns out, was being held captive, essentially, underneath your hotel. Just for my knowledge, um, would Melinda know, or at least have heard, of this, uh, what was his name again, sorry, the Giovanni, the, the one that she has to find? The short answer is no. Um, you, you wouldn't okay. have heard of him before. Presumably, he's somewhere in the area... Dominic. Dominic, yes, thank you. Dominic, okay. Dominic Giovanni. So I think Melinda's, well, after that night, she would go to her haven and, you know, not worry too much about it. Um, but maybe she will have a conversation with Foxglove, since Foxglove can walk during the day. Um, if she can find some information of the whereabouts of Dominique, um, you know, without getting herself caught and, um, you know, making sure that Molly is okay in the hotel room that she's not supposed to leave. Um, but, you so, know, Eloise is not awake. You would have so. given, given your child some um, instructions before you left for the, the evening. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, so what does Melinda do when she wakes up? Um, you, you didn't get hungrier, so you're not, you're not particularly hungry. Um, I think she would get a, a ready as quickly as she can, and she's going to head straight to 
the hotel to meet with Foxglove. Mm. Um, and just FYI, she is wearing purple today. Okay, it's purple today. <laughs> yeah, so she's she gets ready. She, um, I think last time I gave Melinda some sort of, you know, uh, skills in melee attack. So she might now carry like a very small dagger or knife with her. Mm-hmm. Like she still has no clue how to use it well or properly, but you know she's like trying to. Better, yeah. <laughs> Get uh-huh. mm-hmm. So she ca- she does start carrying those around. All right, so you're carrying a knife. You head towards the to to the motel. Uh, so let's bring it over to Eloise. You wake up also not particularly hungry, uh, but perhaps in a, a world of trouble. Yes, Eloise wakes up and is right down to business. She speeds through her morning routine. Um, still has her cup of shitty coffee and shitty muffins um, and gets to the front desk um, early. Um, She's feverishly uh, looking through reports, printing things out, um, kind of typing away feverishly on the computer, um, feeling like almost smug about how like down to business she's feeling this morning. Um, you are ready for this day. Ready this for night. this day. Is anyone, is anyone at the hotel currently? Uh, I think only Foxglove uh, would be there and she's probably still in her room. Um, keeping Molly occupied and quiet. Okay. So she's going to start to write a list of all of the things like tasks for each of the employees of um, of the Hotel Bella Muerte and kind of say like, okay, Melinda's in charge of supervising staff to be cleaning up the rooms. She has reports of which rooms particularly need to be turned over, um, any issues with any of the rooms. She has a laundry list of things for Jeffy to be um, managing in the bar. Um, oh, it's about time for inventory. We better see what order orders we have to make. Um, and she's probably got some like yard work for Shep. Um, she knows that the pool area is pretty uh, devastated <laughs> right now. <It's> destroyed. <laughs> There's probably like cones and caution tape around it. So she she's like, okay, Shep better get right to work on making sure that this uh, pool gets fixed fixed up. Um, and she's just figuring out all of the things that need to be done to get the hotel in tip-top shape. So as you were making your list feverishly working, you hear a familiar voice right behind you. Evening, Eloise. What's the fire drill? And you see uncloaking himself is Deacon, the Sheriff of Phoenix. Deacon, right on time. Yes, uh, right this way. Let's go uh, into my office. He follows you into your office, immediately has a seat. And Eloise picks up like a manila folder of papers to bring with her. 
Um, and she opens a folder up and slides a paper, a piece of paper across um, the table to him. And it's an, a, a meeting agenda. Okay. <laughs> he takes it and immediately begins reading it over. What does it say? Uh, okay, so first on the agenda that I wanted to touch on this morning um, is our second quarter earning report. Um, as you can see, we are in the black, doing well in terms of our finances and, and managing of uh, the the hotel. Um, here you can see see the reports and, and breakdown of, of our costs and operating and it's capital. Flipping and, through the pages, looking at all the attachments. Yeah. Uh, and, and next, um, I want to bring your attention to our 30-day occupancy rate. You can see that um, we're trending up since uh, the last couple of months. It seems like our social media marketing campaign that Fox Club is managing is is really um, having an impact on foot traffic. A lot of uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Guests... What's, what's what's this here, Eloise? I'm seeing that uh, that uh, Mr. Woodchester checked out early. Yes, yes, Mr. Woodchester. Um, he he ran into a bit of an accident, um, wh which brings me to uh, my next agenda item. And the agenda item simply says, the incident. <laughs> which, you know, is... We're running this hotel quite effectively, and sometimes, you know, things don't go quite according to plan, but I, I, I hope that uh, we'll be able to demonstrate our ability to be responsive and proactive to prevent uh, Eloise, occurrences Eloise, like this in the future. Eloise, what is the incident? So, the prince instructed us to make sure the pool was clean and you know us always taking our duties seriously well we took it upon ourselves to make sure the pool was in tip-top shape and i had my staff do a little investigating and they found that there was some damage to the pool and i we really couldn't let the prince down in making sure that the pool was in in good shape for our for our guests and so upon further inspection um and trying to deal with the damage it seems like we uncovered uh someone who had been taking a bit of a nap underneath the pool and you see that's what caused the structural damage to the pool um caused the the water to kind of immediately crumples up the the meeting agenda and stands from his seat. Where is he now, Eloise? I tried Tell to keep him. Tell me he's still down there. Tell me he's still down there. I tried to keep him here as long as I could. I tried to distract him. I tried to. I tried to get information from him. I tried to keep him here. I, I couldn't keep him here. He did something to me. He made me tell him everything I knew. I couldn't help it. I couldn't stop myself. I don't you know what to do. You told him everything. What does he know? And he's getting really close to you. He's almost like reaching across the desk now, like desperate to, to well, uh, Deacon, get the answers. The good news is that I don't know much, but he does know... 
who the prince is and seems to be on a bit of a warpath uh, for her blood. Um, and he knows who you are and that you are the sheriff. His eyes go wide as soon as you say that. I'm sorry, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't help it. He compelled it out of me. I have to fix this. You tell, stay here. Tell me what I can do to help. You've done enough. And he does not wait for your reply. He storms out of the room and immediately leaves the hotel. Eloise, you were left alone in a probably very uncomfortable silence. Shoes. El- to I'm, end that scene, yeah, Eloise, Eloise yes, is going to go and pick up the crumpled piece of paper, um, uncrumple it and flatten it out, and pick up the rest of the papers and just walk over to the paper shredder and just kind of slowly put them in. <laughs> and the papers mm-hmm. shred. Scene closes on Eloise. And we shift over to Jeffy. You awaken in the cramped space of the little crawl space that you've made for yourself under your room. In your mother's trailer. I think for a second, Jeffy wakes up and is just kind of like, good, I'm safe again. And then like memories start to come back to him of exactly what happened and how he didn't quite achieve what he attempted to achieve before the sun. You notice that you're half dressed in the clothes that you were attempting to put on. And then he just says, oh, hell, I don't even know if trouble covers it. And he'll push up the crawl space, unlock his, you know, five, six locks or whatever. And after that, he just kind of like puts his hand on the doors, like braces himself. And I think you see for the first time in this scene, like he kind of like takes that hunch out of his shoulders and then he opens the door. And you were immediately met with the overpowering smell of bleach. You see stepping out of your room, parts of the carpet of the trailer have been cut away and removed And you hear the sounds of water running in the kitchen. You see Mama standing over the kitchen sink, furiously scrubbing something. uh, Mama? Oh, Jeffy, Jeffy, where you been, boy? Mama, what you doing here? And you see that she is furiously scrubbing the knife. Oh, the hell, oh hell, Mama, what have you done? I, I don't know, Jeffy. I, I don't. I don't really remember. I don't. I don't recall. He's gone now, though. He's he's gone. Must must have been something bad. Talking about There's Ron. There's a gun, Jeffy. You talking about Ron, Mama? We're talking about Ron. Did he bring one of them people in here? One of his I don't people? Know, she seems very disturbed by the fact that she doesn't remember anything about the incident. She's just kind of like looking off into the middle distance with a, a lost expression. 
Give me that. And give me that, she's mama. Talking give me, to give you, me that. She's scrubbing the knife. Give me that, mama. Let me take that from you. And uh, uh, Jeffy will like take it and take over for her. Cause yeah, that's, I mean, it's good, good practice. Um, mama, she doesn't mama. resist. She steps out of the way. Mama, why don't you just go, why don't you just go have a seat? I'll take care of the rest of this. Where'd you put that? Where'd you put all that carpet? Uh, it's, it's over in the hall closet, Jeffy. And I, I got some of them big old trash bags. She just kind of like stumbles over into the living room area and sits on the couch. You just sit there, mama. I'm, I'm going to take care of you now. I'm going to take care of you real, real good. Uh, and, um, well, where's, um, you know. She just kind of gestures to the hall closet. All right, I'll take care of that too, Mama. Don't you worry. And uh, Jeffy will finish cleaning the knife that Mama was cleaning. Is there any other, like, blood splatter stuff that needs cleaning? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. This is, this is a pretty rough job that she's done. Yeah. So uh, probably even running over the things that she's done, Jeffy's going to, you know, he works at the Bella Muerte. He knows kind of the procedure. He goes into, like, oh, we're cleaning room 56A. Um, and he kind of like finishes up and in between different tasks, he's going to like bring mama her snacks, brings her her Afghan. And, um, yeah, he's going to clean it, everything up. He's going to roll Ron up into the like pulled up bloody carpet shreds Mm -hmm. or whatever. I need to remind you, your hunger is at four right now. Oh, it is. So as you're cleaning up this blood spatter, I do need you to roll me a frenzy check. That's fair. Let's see how this goes. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You can't spend a willpower on a willpower roll, so that's... You cannot. (laughs) Big old goose egg. All right. Hurt me, Uh, daddy. So Jeffy... As you open the closet door, the overpowering stench of the the stale blood awakens the beast in you, but this won't sustain you. Uh, Because again, Jeffy does not have the the merit that allows him to drink stale blood. But fortunately for Jeffy, there is a repository of fresh blood mere steps away. The beast wells up in your mind and threatens to take over your senses you can spend willpower for a single turn of of action i'm out of here no way you're leaving you're running away all right so jeffy you spend spend a willpower please you get one turn of action before the beast takes over but the beast will take over eventually yes it will that's for the desert to decide (laughs) <laughs> well you're still in the trailer park let's see if you make it out of the trailer park if you eat one of your neighbors better that than mama alright so you spend a willpower your action is to to hightail it out of here yeah so immediately you turn from the open closet door the stench of death pouring out of it and hit the door to the trailer you're outside in an instant where do you go? Is there anyone that maybe uh, 
is generally poorly liked in the community of this trailer park? Um, if you'd like, sure. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's for you to decide. Is there somebody that Jeffy and Mama kind of feud with, perhaps? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe like they they siphon off our uh, electricity, or they like. I don't know. They've been stealing your cable. Yeah, whatever it is, but like off oh, oh, Hill and he'll kind of like direct himself towards that. If it's just like absolutely out of the cards to get somewhere safe, then yeah. Yeah. So I will say to do that, spend one more willpower to Can direct do. yourself. Technically now the beast takes over. So, yeah. so your character briefly becomes an SPC and Definitely. you tear open the door of the trailer. You find your hated neighbor um, in a drunken stupor watching uh, a baseball game. And you launch yourself across the room. Uh, He doesn't even see it coming. He can't resist as you plunge your fangs into his throat and drink. Um, The question is, uh, the beast is in control, but I'll I'll allow you if you want... um, to resist the the final, like, do you kill? Jeffy prefers right, so not to kill. Roll for me your willpower again to regain control before. This time I have two successes. I don't know if that's two enough. successes. All right. So what I'll say is you you take three, uh, regain three hunger. Uh, so you've taken enough from him that he will need some medical attention, uh, but he's not dead. That's good. Um, as I like regain my faculties, I I feel like Jeffy just kind of goes from like, <sighs> oh boy. Oh, hell. Oh, hell. Oh, hell. Um, oh, hell. And then he'll just go. Do they have a phone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They have a phone. Um, so Jeffy's going to go to his phone. Is it a cordless or is it corded? It's corded. Yeah. Corded. It's hanging on the wall. All right. So he'll just dial 911 and hang it off the wall <laughs> uh, and head back to Mama's trailer. And boy, oh boy, oh man, I'm in such trouble. Oh hell, oh fuck, I gotta get this off mama's plate. Uh, and he'll like burst in the door, be like, mama, mama, I know you're not feeling good, but I need you to just sit tight. I'm gonna take care of this for you. I just had to go see about a thing. Um, You haven't called anyone, have you? No, no, Jeffy, I haven't called nobody. Jeffy goes to the wall and he like takes the phone. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm going to just take this. Cause I know how you are. I just, what I need from you tonight. And again, I'd like to reiterate that like normally he's hunched over and very timid, but like in this kind of instance, especially riding high on the like back of a like pretty intense feeding. He's just like, mama, I'm going to need you to You're sit. also maybe a little buzzed from that too, because he was pretty drunk. So even better, you do have, you drank some alcohol blood even better. So Jeffy just like, he's got the phone off the wall in his hands. Like mama, what I need from you tonight is I need you to sit there. You got all your snacks. I just need you to sit there and act like everything's okay. 
and I'm going to take care of the rest and you're just going to go back to normal. Is that okay? She just kind of nods again, seeming to be in a bit of a stupor. Okay. And he'll go, he'll get the ho-hos, he'll like put them on her right side, he'll get the jumbo size bag of Doritos, put them on her left side. It's like, okay, remember, just act normal. You forgot the Mountain Dew, Jeffy. Is that a provocation? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> go ahead and roll again. <laughs> Uh, we're fine. Two successes. Okay. Um, yeah, mama, Mountain Dew coming right up and he'll grab it and he'll twist it. And it kind of like torques the bottle a little bit. So some squirts out and he puts it down. <laughs> I got this mama. You just, uh, I'll see you later. And he like, I don't have potence. Do I fuck? Uh, I'm not that strong either. <laughs> so he like is going to drag the carpeted body to the El Camino to the door. Check around. Is it like, okay for me to take it to the El Camino right now? Uh, give me a wits and awareness check. Three successes. Three successes. You notice as you are about to drag the body outside, a couple of your nosy neighbors peeking out of their blinds around you. Apparently, the um, busting into somebody's trailer and feeding on them caused a little bit of noise. Uh, Beast Jeffy was not very careful or quiet about that. So they're kind of peeking around. You have had some home invasions uh, around recently, some break-ins. Uh, so everybody's a little, a little nervous. In that case... Jeffy's going to go stash Ron in his cubby hole for the time being. Mm -hmm. So he gets the door, looks left and right, sees there's a bunch going on, drags him back. Mama hears the door slam, you know, the five locks go back into place, shuffling, bumping, shuffling around. Locks come back open. All right, Mama, I got to go out and... uh, talk to some folk um don't answer the door okay it just nods at you you hear the crinkle of the ho-ho wrapper opening all right with a reply all right mama i got this don't worry and he leaves locks the door behind him hops in the el camino and uh well hell i just uh Boy, did I throw another wrench into the works. Better tell Miss Eloise before I get, oh boy, my head chopped off. And he's going to drive to the Bella Muerte. And I think uh, Melinda, I think you would arrive first at the hotel for the evening. Um, I, I wanted to say that Melinda is, is trying to protect, well... She seems very calm, but she's very anxious to finish this thing that's been assigned to her. She wants to find Dominique and she wants to get it done as soon as possible. So she might seem a little, uh, like frazzled, but you know, she's trying to play it cool as well. So that's how Melinda is tonight. (laughs) So as you enter the lobby, Eloise, are you at your desk? 
This is after the conversation with Deacon. So, Melinda, you would see Eloise. Eloise, are, how are you looking after your talk with the sheriff? Probably very... Uh, like, sh- Eloise looks like she's upset, but she's trying to contain it as hard as she can. So maybe you guys have similar energies then. (laughs) A little something bubbling beneath the surface for both of you. Uh, But Melinda, as you enter the lobby, you would see Eloise and her at her familiar post. Melinda, remember what I said about being punctual to your work obligations. There's there's a lot that we need to do today. I have a list for you. Eloise, I'm I'm here on time. What are you talking about? My watch says 9.01. Every minute counts, Melinda. My watch says on time. I'm going to go check on Molly. I'll see you later, okay? Take, Take this list of things to do. Make sure you get on these right away. They're in prioritized order. We need to get this hotel back in order. Um, Melinda's going to grab the list and just put put it in her purse. Oh, look at that. It's 9.02. Bup, bup, bup. It's time to work. And then walk away. And you're heading to Foxglove's room? Yeah. Uh, you knock on the door. Foxglove lets you in. You see Molly playing on an iPad. Hello. How are you guys? How's the night going? Uh, hey, Melinda. So I did the investigation stuff you asked me to do today. And she closes the door. Uh, and you see on the wall behind her, she's got like one of those like red string conspiracy theory maps put up. Um, there's like a map of the city of Phoenix. There's local businesses. You notice they're all like nightclubs, strip clubs, kind of like seedy night businesses. He owns them all, Melinda. Dominic Giovanni. Uh, he's, he's not on the paperwork. He's not on the business uh, uh, documents or anything like that. But his money is tied to all of them. And she's got like wild conspiracy theory eyes going on. Like hair frazzled like she hasn't slept. Wonderful foxglove. Wow, this is, this is just great. Rochelle's going to love this. Um, uh, do you have the list of paper with the, the name of all these places? Uh, she hands you a, a uh, folder with printouts of the, the business. This is like the Google like reviews, like the business names, the addresses. Okay. Yeah, we're good to go, Melinda. So what do you suggest, that we go to these places? I feel like I need to text these names to Rochelle. Maybe she will want to join us. Or... No, no. Uh, I think that's not not a good idea. She put us on this, right? I think we just, we hit the streets, you know, we, we investigate, we maybe, you know, uh, uh, put the pressure on a couple of guys. Yes, yes. Ooh. I feel like in one of those movies. Oh, this is so exciting. So are we doing this tonight? Oh, we should, but we need to be careful. There's this new thing about the prince and Eloise can't find out. We can't leave Molly alone as well. Okay, so are we doing it tonight or not? Uh, Melinda is going to start walking around the room. Um, 
And then she's going to turn to Foxglove. Okay, grab your stuff. We're leaving. <sighs> Foxglove has a backpack already prepared. She slings it over her shoulder and heads not to the front door, but to the bathroom. Um, before I follow Foxglove into the bathroom, I'm going to uh, l- like talk to Molly. Okay, Molly, we are about to leave again. Um, please remember, do not leave this room. And unless it's one of our group, don't open the door. She looks up from the game that she's playing on her, the iPad. Uh, right, Miss Melinda, same rules as always. I think I got it by now. And if you hear anything, hide. Right, hide. Okay. Um, Foxglove, why did you go to the bathroom? The door is this way. Uh, and then I walk into the bathroom. As you walk into the bathroom, you see Foxglove shoving her backpack through the small uh, bathroom window, like above the toilet, standing up like on the toilet to do so. Um, and then she's crawling through the window after it. Foxglove, you... what? It's gonna ruin my outfit. She peeks her head back up in the window and says, You said... You said Eloise couldn't hear us, so let's go. And then she pops back down. Oh. And Melinda is going to remember the list of things uh, Eloise just gave her to do. Um, I guess I'm already late for the job. A little longer won't hurt anybody. And then I'm going to climb out the window. And you climb out the window as well. (laughs) Yeah. surreptitiously make your way into the city begin your investigation into Dominic Giovanni Uh, Shep I think you arrive at the hotel next Uh, Jeffy has a little business that he's doing with the body so even though he's in a car uh, I think he's a little bit more delayed than you would be you arrive enter through the lobby see Eloise looking perhaps a little not her usual chipper quote unquote chipper self Oh, Shep, thank you for coming in. Uh, A little bit late, but it's something we're working on, right? Uh, Well, I'm glad you're here. I have a a list of things that you need to get on um, tonight. Uh, That pool is, as you know, a a disaster zone, and I... What was that? How hot's the water we're in? Well, I... I think we can get it to be cooler. There, there's a, a, a water filtration and cooling system that I, I'm sure you'll be able to figure out with the with the pool uh, technician to make sure that it, it's a refreshing temperature for our guests. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the good news is that the powers that be are informed and... On top of it, I am working closely with the establishment and, and with our contacts there to, to make sure that we get this situation under control. So, we're waiting for them to tell us to fix it or for them to send someone to kill us? Yes, and uh, when we do find that out, I'd like this hotel to be in in good shape and good order. So, please, here's your list of, of things that I'd like you to work on today. Take a long pause just to look down at the paper that's being handed to me before I take it. Holler if there's trouble. Thank you very much, Shep. 
Appreciate the work you do here. I'll head out to the courtyard. What does it say on the list, Eloise? I'll take a look as I'm walking over here. <laughs> um, number one, fix the pool. Uh, number two, shrubs need some trimming. Uh, number three, wash the windows. Reading the list, Shep, uh, you, you take a look as you reach the courtyard to the pool, to the ruins of the pool, and know that you absolutely do not have the skills or technical know-how to do anything about this. Nope. 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 <laughs> Crumple it up and <laughs> throw it into the pool. <laughs> yeah, it, it falls all the way down through into the, uh, the chamber below. Um... I guess I'm going to jump down there to see if I can find any anything. All right, yeah, you uh, you jump down into the chamber. You find the, the stone sarcophagus still in place. It has uh, intricate... Uh, uh, before I do that, sorry, before I mm -hmm. do that, I'm going to lay out one of those uh, lane divider things down so I have something to grab onto. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't yeah. leave back. Oh, right. Yeah, you don't have the powers to do so. <laughs> uh, you climb down in and you find that the, the chamber is empty except for the stone sarcophagus. Um, the lid is off of it, obviously, as he uh, is no longer resting there. Um, and you see the intricate carvings. This looks like it would be something that you would find in a um, uh, very nice, wealthy area of a cemetery. Hmm. Um, and the sarcophagus is open, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna lean in and try to get a, a scent, because I don't think I was able to get a scent off of him before. Mm. Uh, you pick up, yeah, a bit of a scent. I mean, vampires don't really, like, sweat or exude bodily oils. Um, right. So there's not, not much to trace. Hmm. Um, and there are no other like antechambers or tunnels or anything. It's just this one. Just this one, yeah. I guess I will climb back out. I'll go see if Foxglove is in, but she's not. I guess I'll just wait in the courtyard until something happens. <laughs> Pretend to do your chores. <laughs> All right, so Jeffy. You arrive last, latest of all for work. So everyone, I feel like, hears the El Camino come. It's like a thing. You just, like, it's a loud car, poorly maintained. But there's, like, a few extra minutes tonight where just the engine idles, like, in the parking space. And, <clears> like, if anyone cared to look, they'd just see Jeffy, like, sitting there, kind of mulling things over. Five minutes, seven minutes, probably ten minutes, and then he turns the car off, heads on in. Eloise is at the night desk. Mm -hmm. Indeed she is. Hey there, Miss Eloise. Hey, uh, you doing? Uh, you doing pretty good tonight? 
Yes, Jeffy, remember what we talked about, about being punctual. It's really important that you, you show up and, and arrive to your obligations on time. That's true. I, I, I hear you, Miss Eloise, I'm, and I'm sorry for that. I did get uh, shot in the head last night, so I'm chill, just uh, still kind of getting my feet back under me. Yes, I, I got my own uh, kind of a shot in the head last night as well. Um, but, you know, we have commitments here and we have to, you know, overcome and, and leave our leave our issues at home and, and arrive to work um, focused and, and ready to take care of our uh, responsibilities. It's all it's all part of what, what I've been trying to, to teach you and mentor you about leadership and management yep remember yeah yeah you're so right miss eloise i'm I'm so sorry that that's on me especially um yeah you got um got a list of to-dos for me tonight oh you know i do here here you are we we've gotten into a bit of a pickle with that situation you've gotten us into so we're really gonna have to clean up and and make sure that we're taking care of business um it it really is a is not a great reflection on our business. Uh, we've mm. got some lessons learned there, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can demonstrate to uh, to the tower that is this was a one time mishap that uh, yeah. we will make sure to not let that happen yep. under our roof again. Uh-huh. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, did you talk to uh, did you talk to uh, you know to uh, to Deacon? Yes, and everything's under control, Jeffy. Don't okay. don't worry. Nobody, oh, you know, nobody's upset with you. But again, yeah. we really have to make sure that we um, run a tight ship here, and I'm depending on you for that. All right, I I just well, uh, there's just one thing I I am gonna have to duck out early uh, tonight. Uh, I got a I got a I got a situation. Did you submit a PTO request uh, within two weeks? Yeah, at, at least two yeah. weeks ago. I think so, yeah. Jeffy? I'm pretty sure. Ah, oh, hell. No, Miss Eloise, but come on, I'm 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 your guy. Look at the wall. And he points to like the, you know, uh, employee of the month or whatever. Like just can I can I just I just need like give me like three hours early. How how do you propose you'll make up for this? I'll uh, well I can't come I'll come in. Duh. I tell you what, I'll sleep here the next couple of nights, and then I takes my commute time off, and then that's that's three hours right there. All right, and Jeffy definitely doesn't commute an hour to work. Just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do that, and then um, additional duties. You will be on in charge of vacuuming the the lobby and all of the hallways uh, for the next three weeks. If that's what it takes, Miss Eloise, uh, that's that's fine. I'm total. Yep, you got it. You got it. Um, is Shep here? Yes, he he came in earlier. He's he's out back working on the pool. Oh, good. All right. Oh, All right. Um, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later, Miss Eloise. I'm gonna get right to it, and he heads out. Mm-hmm. And you would find Shep in the courtyard. What is Shep doing? Because he did throw away his like list of responses. Just, just leaning against a post. Yeah. So uh, uh, Jeffy comes over like he kind of like tries to tries to mimic you a little bit. You know, hey, oh, hey, um, uh, uh, Mr. Shep, how, how how you doing tonight? Yeah. Hi. Jeffy. Hey there. Um, I just um, 
you seem to be a guy that knows a lot about some things. Can we like have a, you know, just like a illicit conversation real quick? They all. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Let's just say like, um, you had to get rid of a thing, but you didn't have a place in the desert to do it. Like, how, how do you, how do you even, what do you, how do you do it? We talking about what I think we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know how your brain works, but yeah, probably. I might know some places where the local wildlife frequent. See, but that's just the thing. I got, oh, go, man, there's just so many, <laughs> so many sets of eyes. Just like more eyes than you can count. Where is it? It's, uh, well, I got, um, <laughs> I mean, right now it's in the place that I, I sleep which is not a place that it can stay. And also not a place I love to talk about, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Does this place you sleep have a bathtub? <laughs> Ain't quite that kind of place, Mr. Ship. There's a, there's a commode. Well... If you get rid of most of the blood, you can take it out in pieces. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Doesn't have to be all at once. Oh, oh, Mr. Shep, I'm so glad I came to you. That's, uh, that's real good advice. Now, um, as for, just like, what to do with them? Just remember to pull out the teeth. Those don't just. Huh. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, uh, uh, that's that's real great advice, Mr. Ship. Thanks a lot. And he kind of like pats you on the shoulder, which I'm sure you hate. Uh, and he, I got all these things to do before I duck out. So um, I, I'll just talk to you later. And Jeffy goes off to do, like, his hotel duties as fast as humanly or inhumanly possible. Jeffy. Yeah? Keep your head on a swivel. Oh, man, I'm trying, but... After last night, I... don't know how safe we are. Oh, man, you're not wrong. You're so not wrong. All right, Mr. Ship, I'll keep it in mind. Right, Melinda. You and Foxglove snuck out of the hotel? Yeah. You're taking Foxglove's car again, I'm assuming? Yeah, because I tried. Maybe Melinda was like, why don't we use my scooter tonight? It'll be fun. It'll be like, we're badass, you know. (laughs) 
And then I tried throwing one of the helmets to Foxglove, but probably that was not something Melinda won. No, yeah, I think um, ultimately you do end up taking Foxglove's car. Mm-hmm. And you head into the city. You see a string. You, you know he owns a string of, of different nightclubs and things like that throughout the city. Um, is there a particular pattern you have for the investigation? Do you want to start at the one at the like the richest neighborhood, <clears throat> the most exclusive club, the the easiest one to get into? I think, um, yeah, it would be the easiest one to get into because if the most exclusive would probably require a membership or to know people, and you know, Melinda wants to get information but doesn't want to get attention draw attention to her. So she'll probably try to go to the easiest club to enter. Yeah. Um, so there is one that's a, uh, it's, it's like a little dive bar, essentially. It's a, uh, it's a music venue too. They have shows there, but um, it's, it's not exclusive by any means. And you and Foxglove park her car approach uh there is a line to get in uh it's not very long do you stand in the line or do you attempt to bypass it yes okay so melinda and foxa will try to cut the line but melinda is going to send foxglove to be the one to convince the bouncer to let them in okay (laughs) um melinda probably be like okay foxglove um you know you have certain abilities and Certain side jobs that may have prepared you for this moment. So, you know, maybe use that for this. Yeah, right. I got this. Uh, And she approaches the bouncer, whips out her phone. Uh, You see her swipe through a few photos and immediately he like she gestures for you to come along uh, as he is opening the rope to let you in. Um. Melinda just like nods and walks quickly towards the entrance. Yeah. So once you're inside, you hear uh, the music playing. It seems to be some kind of um, kind of like early 2010s kind of like indie rock music. Some that kind of play. It's kind of a retro night kind of situation going on. Uh, definitely a local band. Okay. There's Probably a bit of a crowd to... gathered, uh, mingling. How does Melinda approach? Do I know? Um, can I activate my Sensi Unseen? Uh, sure, yeah. See if anything is lurking in the bar. Yeah. And, um... Also, do I notice anything, like, out of the ordinary? Like, if people by the bar are acting strange, or, like, there's um, bodyguards at specific door, or something like that. It it just looks like a normal kind of, like, dive bar scene to you. Uh, there's a couple of bartenders, there's security watching the crowd... Okay, Foxglove, um, I have no idea what to do, but I guess we'll figure it out together. Um, should we go to the bar? Is, is that a thing that we should do? 
yeah, we got to find the like guy to pump for information, right? Yeah, but we don't want to draw attention to us. Right. Well, can you do like mind tricks to them? I mean, I I can I can try, but maybe talking is our best weapon. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can we can try that. Yeah. You approach the bar. Yeah. Um, how many ba- bartenders are there? Uh, there are two bartenders. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, one of the bartenders, a uh, man, looks like he's probably in his mid to late twenties, uh, approaches you. Yeah, what are you drinking tonight? Hey, um, I would, um, Foxglove, what am I drinking? I whisper to her. Uh, beer, just say beer. I would like a beer, please. He, uh, he pops open a bottle, slides it to you across the bar. It's, um, Miller High Life. Thanks. Um, okay, now what do we do? Do we talk to them? Should I, should I talk to him? I think I should talk to him. She just kind of nudges you. Um, hello again. Hi. And I'm going to try to get him to come to me again. Yeah, uh, what's, there's something else. He's, he's definitely a little irritated at this point because they are getting a little busy at the bar. And he just gave you a drink. Um. I'm so sorry to bother you, but I, I just have a couple of questions. I, I, I hope you can help me. I'm trying to find someone. Uh, yeah. Who are you trying to find? Um, the owner of the club. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's probably a little busy right now. You know, we got a show going on. Um, does does he know you? I mean, it's probably better to come during the day, you know, when we're not. And he kind of gestures to the people waiting to be served. Well, I, I understand. But you see, I'm very busy during the day. Um, I was hoping to do some business with him to upgrade some of the things that are used in this bar. Would you mind telling me where I could find him? Roll for me your charisma plus your persuasion. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Should I even rouse the blood just in case? No, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to. Okay, are you ready to hear this? So it's one, two, three, four regular. And then two tens. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight successes. And uh, were either of those tens on a hunker dice? Um, nope. All right. So just a critical success. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll tell Tony. Uh, somebody wants to talk to him. He's, he's in his office. Uh, give, me, give me just a second. And of course, he yes. hurries off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, he Fox. He comes yeah. back. 
yeah, go ahead if you'd like to take a moment and speak with Foxglove before the bartender returns. It'll be like a quick, like as soon as the bartender leaves, um, probably Melinda will turn to Foxglove. Okay, the moment we go into that office, we need to get as much information as we can. So this Tony guy might have some papers that we can get or get into that computer, you know? So let's try to be quick and quiet. Yeah, um, sounds like a plan, Melinda. Uh, are we, if things get messy, are we gonna, and she does the, like, slit throat motion. Well, you know I'm not good when it comes to those, that thing, but if necessary, sure. Yes. Okay, got it. And uh, you see the bartender... Uh, walking back over to you, he is followed closely by a middle-aged man in a uh, sort of ill-fitting but very expensive suit. Uh, he has gold jewelry. Uh, he definitely, he's definitely trying to, to evoke that mafioso look, uh, but he's doing it a little bit sloppy. Um, and just to confirm, I haven't seen anything with my sensi unseen. Like, no, not not okay. Okay. Oh, hello. You you must be Tony. Hi. Yeah, I'm the owner. You wanted to talk to me. Yes, if possible. Um, you see, I have a small business, and I think it would benefit you a it great deal. He rolls his eyes as soon as you say small business. Melinda just smiles at him. So what is this you want to waste my time now? Hurry up, spit it out. What are you selling? Who are we speaking here? We don't want to go to your office and have a little bit more privacy. He rolls his eyes and heaves his eye again. All right, sister, you got five minutes. And he immediately begins kind of waddling off down the hallway uh, towards the, the, past the restrooms to a small office. He plops down in his chair at his desk. Um, I look at Foxglove and I give her like a small nod to be like I guess we're doing this um um so thank you for your time uh Tony you see I sell these uh products that could be used in the bathroom here at the club or by the bar, you know, to keep the bar clean. Or, you know, in case you want to talk to your boss and let him know that there's some weapons he can use. Who are you? Well, I am who I am, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I need information from you. What are you looking for? 
You know, I'm not good at interrogations. So I'm just going to tell you. I'm looking for Dominique. Where can I find him? Uh, Dominic, you say. I used to be a partner here. I uh, haven't seen him in a while. Um, I Sorry, sorry. Can't help you out. He's what moved on Fox- to other things, I guess. What is Foxglove doing? Is she just sitting next to me or is she just standing? Uh, she's standing. She closed the door as the two of you entered. Okay. That is inconvenient. I was hoping to leave this place with more information. And I'm going to look at Foxglove and I'm going to like, n- like move my head towards him to, to motion for her to move closer to him. Um, and do I notice if he's, like, reaching for anything? Um, or is there any buttons on the table, like, for security? Uh, there's, there's a phone on his table. Um, you can't see what's, like, under his desk, though. Okay. Well, are you sure you haven't seen him lately? Is there any place I could meet with him? You don't meet Dominic. If he wanted to meet with you, he'd find you. What are you really after here? Like I said, I just want a partnership. Well, like I said, can't help you. Foxglove has moved closer to him and she's looking at you now, like, waiting for a signal. Okay, I'm going to stand up and... Well, I guess then you're not useful for me anymore. I am going to give you one last chance. Are you sure you cannot give me any more information? I think we've wasted enough time here, miss. You know the way out. I certainly do. And then I'm going to nod at Foxglove and hopefully that sends her her the message like, kill him. Uh, As soon as you nod to Foxglove... You see, in a flash, a switchblade is in her hand. It flicks open. And she... He doesn't even see it coming as she positions herself behind him and slits his throat. It is a messy scene. It's very bloody. What is your hunger at, Melinda? I'm only at one. Okay, so it doesn't provoke your beast. As gory as it may be. Um... Yeah, and then is there a well, window I out think of he'll this? Get the, I think he'll get the message now, Melinda. Let's get the fuck out of here. Is there a window that we can sneak out? <laughs> uh, there's not. He's His office is a dank windowless room. Well, before we leave, is there anything on the desk that I could use? Or like, is the computer like open that Foxglove can maybe get some information? Or like if we, I don't know. Or, oh, does he have a cell phone? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you, you run his pockets, uh, you would find that he does have a cell phone. I'll take his cell phone. Take his... Yeah, I'll just take his cell phone and then leave. And I'm going to be calm and just walk out. But very, very quickly. All right, so you and Foxglove calmly but quickly exit. Um, do we make it out to the car? 
All right, you make it back out to the car. You have Tony's cell phone. It's a older model iPhone, a few years old, a little bit scratched up. I try looking into it for any contact information, any number. Um, uh, it is it is password locked. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, Foxglove, do you have any skills into getting into this phone? Uh, I mean, not really. Um, we can, I don't know, we can Google it when we get back to the hotel, I guess. Yeah, maybe we'll keep it off while we figure that out, just in case. Um, yeah, probably a good idea. Um, was that a good idea to kill him? Now I'm doubting. I'm second-guessing my choices. Oh, no. You know, you really just, you shouldn't second-guess yourself in those situations. Um, I mean, we did what we had to do. He wasn't useful. And, you know, we sent a message. Right? That's what we wanted. We wanted to draw this guy out. That's going to do that, right? Yes, 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 you're right. And Eloise is never going to connect this to me. It's, it's fine. We're good. Yes, let's, let's try to move on. Um. So, Melinda, as you are powering off the iPhone, a text message pops up on the screen. It's uh, the the name on it is just simply the initials DG. And the message says, you little bitch. Okay, let's talk. And that's where we're going to end our episode for the night.